Hey, everybody. We're so excited for you to hear this episode with special guest Caroline Giuliani, who talks with us about how to have difficult conversations with family. We recorded the episode on September 17th, and a lot has happened since, including the Caroline published an op-ed in Vanity Fair. Yes, it's called Rudy Giuliani is my father. Please, everyone, vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. There's a link to the article in show notes if you'd like to read it. So without any further ado, we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everybody, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, we hope. I'm Lisa Linky, and across the Ethernet, through the the wizardry of science and technology and computers, <laughs> is my co-host Misty Stinnett, who's already snickering, and that's a good sign. Hello. Um, we, we are here every week, giving you the tips, the tricks, the highs, the lows, the ins and outs of a popular or classic self help book. And in under an hour, we are going to let you know if the book that we're covering is a good fit for you, if you jive with the author, if you want to buy it and support the author, if it is a flaming dumpster fire and you should avoid it at all costs. We do this every Friday. It's a full frontal Friday. And then on Tuesdays, we have our weekly beef, which is a mini-sode where we follow up on homework from the book and then have something supplemental to walk the talk of self-help, whether it's a thought-provoking question or a special guest, or an article. Now, <laughs> this is a full frontal, full frontal Friday, and we do cuss, but I want to let you know that this is a fucking special full frontal Friday. <laughs> well, I can never say that. I'm Elmer Fudd. It's a full frontal full Friday. Full frontal Friday. Misty, who is our special guest? Oh my God. We are joined by one of my very favorite women who is such an inspiration to me. Caroline Giuliani is on the show today. Caroline, welcome. Yay. Thank you. Good to be here. I, I didn't even know it was a full frontal day. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> yeah, we're all podcasting in the nude. That's why we call it Full Frontal Friday. So for our listeners, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Caroline so you can understand why I love her so much. So Caroline is a Los Angeles-based filmmaker originally from New York City. After working in a wide range of entertainment industry positions from representation to studio development and production, she now focuses on directing full-time. With a passion for creating bold content, her work is aimed primarily at reducing the shame and stigma associated with mental health and sexuality, which is so badass. Her latest short film, Or Someone Else, is going to be premiering in the Tryon International Film Festival, October 9th through the 11th. So when this episode comes out, it will have just premiered 10 days ago. So we will put more information on the film in show notes. So definitely check it out if you want to see. And a nonprofit that Caroline also loves that's dedicated to trauma-specific healing for abuse survivors that she and her team worked with while developing the film is also in show notes. And also something really fun, a fundraising link for the Biden-Harris campaign that Caroline specifically loves will be in show notes below. This is a perfect segue because... Something that is not in this biography and is one of the reasons that we have asked Caroline to come on today and she has so graciously agreed is because, Caroline, your dad is Rudy Giuliani. 
That is a fact. I don't know if you knew that. So I wanted to tell you. <laughs> Thank uh, you so Caroline, much. You're we're welcome. Having, we're having this podcast to tell you who your father is. Oh my God. Sup- Sup- <laughs> it's like Maury. What a gift. What a gift. What a, what a gift. I can't. You guys. So Caroline, we have asked you on the show today because Lisa and I specifically, and we can only imagine so many of our listeners are starting to have more intense conversations and trying to navigate some tough topics around politics with family members who have opposing views. Yeah, or a close friend or somebody at work or... Exactly. You find yourself, you know... Anywhere. (laughs) Exactly. We are so grateful that you've agreed to come on to talk to us a little bit about your approach because you have successfully done that for the last few years as your dad has been President Trump's lawyer and you are openly supporting the Democrats. So we were just hoping you could talk with us about a few of your techniques to successfully have some of these conversations and not just fully emancipate yourself from all of your family and friends legally. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think successful is definitely a subjective term, you know, like it depends what your goals are, but I'm happy to chat with you about how I do it. (laughs) I think it's been a long road and it's definitely, definitely harder like as any election approaches. And I do find myself, to be totally honest, like naturally distancing from having the conversations because they get so much more explosive and Mm -hmm. painful Mm -hmm. and all that. So, but I still like in the in-between times, you know, have, have maintained a relationship. And I did have a period of like five years where my dad and I didn't talk. And Mm -hmm. from what I like, what I learned from that was that I, no matter what wanted to at least be having a dialogue with him and like know who he was as I had this very strong biological imperative. I had like some shame around that at for some period, but then I sort of was just like, this is, this is what I need for my mental health. I don't think that that's anything to be ashamed of. I love that you recognize that. And I think I'll just speak for myself. I think that that is often underrated You know, I think a lot of times we think like, you know what, we just won't have the conversation or like you said, we'll put some distance or maybe even if you don't live with your family or live crazy close to your family, like mine's in Florida, I live in California. I do think like, okay, I'll just take some time off. I won't be in contact for a few weeks. But the biological pull of this is my tribe and these are the people I came from is very strong and very real. And I think maybe it's something that I don't hear acknowledged as much when we're talking about disagreeing in these conversations? I don't even know if I would say I would take it as far as like being my tribe, but even in terms of like just wanting to know, you know, have some some degree of connection was just like very important to me. And also I find now when I go into these conversations with whoever it is, whether it's my my dad, my brother, who also happens to work in the White House, which is pretty tough on me too, I try to approach it as like I have this opportunity to listen to what the other side is really saying amongst themselves. Like sometimes I don't even talk and I listen to them in internally talking to see like mm. what they really think, <laughs> you know, because sometimes like when you're on the outside of the bubble or we're, we're sort of in our own bubbles, right? Like yes, having a glance into their bubble and really knowing like what they're saying, what they genuinely believe versus what they're saying, like outwardly facing, I think is like, super valuable. So I try to like 
use that to get information to then have conversations with maybe people who are more open to changing their perspective or, so or listening. Smart. It turns it into like a strategy and a strategic, you know, you, you're going in with, with a, a mindset and a goal versus like <laughs> an agenda of changing agenda. minds. Right. Yeah. Of like, I'm going in here to actually learn so that I can have a more fruitful conversation because I don't think this is, there's no changing of minds that's going to happen here, mm-hmm. but I yeah. can gain more understanding. Yeah, it would like protect me in a bubble of like, I don't have any responsibility here other than to truly learn and listen, which would open me up to truly learn and listen versus like jumping in to refute. (laughs) Totally. No, yeah. And and that's like listening. It's so hard to do that sometimes without thinking about the next thing you're going to say, especially when you get like so high stakes. Yes. But it's super valuable to do it. Well, and it's really what's striking me in this moment, and maybe this seems obvious to everyone else, but it feels like a new thought for me here. That's kind of the only chance to gain some empathy too. And and I'm not saying every single one of these conversations is going to lead to empathy for whichever side you're on, but it seems like really sitting back and listening and taking it in and considering all the viewpoints is maybe the only part of the process <laughs> that totally. has some real chance for empathy. It's painful to do it. That's why people don't, I think. You know, that's yeah. why I like you witness the other like or in these conversations people don't listen to each other and because it hurts like their opinions hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know, absolutely. and that's kind of like one of the things that I also try to try to like hone in on are like, okay, there's a million things we disagree on, but what are the things that really hurt me? And why do they hurt me? Because I'm like, okay, well, I know this person, they're having this conversation with me. And I don't think it's like, I think it's because they do love me or want to communicate with me in some way. So if I'm like, okay, this, you know, the, there was a whole thing around like locker room talk, that whole with grabbing by the pussy stuff that really like landed with me hard. And I remember being like, this is an issue that I, like, I want to, I really want to like share how hurt I feel by it going through my everyday life yeah. and see like just what, how they respond to that. And it may not, again, I think it's like letting go of the outcome to change this person, but just being like, I want to share with you what the impact of your, you know, the pe- person you're supporting is on me. <laughs> Right. And make it a little bit more personal than just policy based. Brilliant. So if I can summarize so far, because I am a strategic thinker. Also, I am going to help you order your thinking for the book that you write and become a bestseller and then come back on (laughs) when we interview you. We'll ghostwrite it for you. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Your Your first kind of order of thinking is like, what is my goal out of this conversation? Your second order of thinking is, what is this triggering in me? So really what I'm hearing and what I love about this is that you're keeping the focus on you and you're not kind of giving away all of your energy to whomever you're talking to. You're really centering yourself, but not, no, you're not centering yourself, but you're centering your mental health first, (laughs) which is what I'm hearing. And I'm sure other people are hearing different things, but for me and on my mental health journey, that is really resonating with me and sounds like a way that this is replicable and like, you know, that you could do this for the long haul. And I think there's also so much like misinformation and fact fighting out there that like really all you can do is speak to what you know 
mm-hmm. I think that that has like the most chance at like landing with people, you know? And mm-hmm. right. oh, there was one other thing I wanted to, to mention. I think you had said something about, we were talking earlier about like the motivation behind having these conversations in the first place. And one of the right. other motivations for me and that I would like really encourage people to consider. And I know that not everybody can, like maybe it's a truly a volatile, unsafe environment and you really should not be having them. You know, that's one thing. But for me, like I've learned over the last 10 years that like repression of feelings uh, and experiences is just like the root of almost all evil in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like what my short film is about. And just like, I think in, I've been in like abusive relationships and I found that repressing feelings and thoughts was just like the worst part about it. So that's part of like also what my motivation and having these conversations was, you know? That's just so wise and smart and self-loving. And I'm also a person, Caroline, who feels that I need to like physically express whatever I'm feeling, whether that's a conversation. As our longtime loyal listeners know, I'm a huge crier. It's I just yes, need to like too. physically get, <laughs> yes. get it out. <laughs> get it out. So I really relate to that. And it sounds so healthy and also so exhausting. Yeah, and sure. I'm I'm curious, you know, of course, because we are a self-help podcast and we talk a lot about self-care. Is there anything that you employ when getting ready for these conversations or afterwards to kind of give yourself a little bit of extra love or a little extra TLC? You know, I don't always know when they're going to happen because yeah. a lot of times it'll just, well, they'll come up like, you know, like something will spur them and then... They kind of combust. <laughs> totally. Yeah. They're very... Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like little like matches wait, waiting to be lit, but... Um, little fires everywhere. Thank oh my you. God. <laughs> <laughs> Literally right now. It's so bad. Oh, I just want to um, give you a hug. <laughs> me too. I miss you. <laughs> I do too. But, Not me. I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> group hug for sure. Yes. You know, I'm definitely like all of us right now in 2020, still like doing my very best with the self-care of it all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have like, sometimes I'll do like a meditation in one of those head spaces after. To be totally honest, I usually call my, I have a particular like political junkie friend Mm -hmm. who is like my, my sounding board for all this stuff. After I've had this like somewhat, I try to keep it very civil because my feeling about this whole like, the state of things is that it's gotten so mean and so nasty that like, it's just, I want to get things back to being more civil. So in the conversations, I try to be very civil, even if I like drop in some shocking facts to try to grab his attention. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just call my friends and just vent like everything that I wanted to like violently spew during the conversation, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Sometimes my therapist has me do that. And she's like, well, what do you want to say? And I'm like, no, it's too mean. And she's like, say it. And then I say it. And then I feel so much better. (laughs) Yeah. I just love that. I think, and again, like we've said it a million times on the podcast, no one does anything alone. Self-help is such a misnomer. And having people that you agree with, that you feel seen by, who can validate you after the fact and say, you're not crazy. That thing that person said in that conversation was bullshit. They are gaslighting you or whatever is so important and restorative. 
I think of it as like a knowing glance, you know? And actually that's one thing (laughs) they sometimes do is bring a friend with me. If it's like been really bad lately, every time I've seen my dad uh, in terms of these conversations, like I'll sometimes bring a friend and then we can have a knowing glance and it's just like a support, you know, because usually there's also a bunch of other, like, it's like, I'm one of the only ones who's liberal in the group of yeah. people. So yeah. it helps oh to have a buddy. <laughs> it does help. I will say, uh, usually after I have a conversation with my dad, I'll call my best friend. And it's just nice to hear somebody validate you, right? And she will inevitably say, girl, the call is coming from inside the house. Like, get <laughs> out. And it's just, it's nice. But I have a question for you. You've kind of mentioned this, but I guess I'm wondering, what are some telltale signs that we can all maybe kind of glean? Like, how do you know when it isn't worth engaging for the sake of the relationship, either momentarily or long-term? Like, do you have any signals or telltale signs or like things that you've learned, things that maybe I can glean so that I can stop having an endless cycle of repeated conversations with my father. Asking for For sure. Asking for me. No, I'll straight up asking for me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I have the like the benefit of seeing my dad on TV. So Mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, not, I don't know that I would actually call that a benefit, but in this, (laughs) to answer this particular question, sometimes I'll notice and I'm sure this has an application beyond that, but sometimes I'll notice him talking as if he's talking to like a group of people rather Mm -hmm. than to me. It's a different way of speaking and it's like catchphrases versus Mm -hmm. like specific information. It's like buzzwords. And so Mm -hmm. if I notice that pattern happening, I'm like, okay, well, they're not in a space to listen at all. Or if I notice within myself that I'm not in a place to take on this conversation, like, and I've started into it, I sometimes like about face and I'm just like, nope, got to retreat, you know? And that's, and that's like, I think the same, the things that you're supposed to do in any situation where you're getting like emotionally flooded, pay attention to what's going on in your body and all that. Oh my God. And flooded is such the perfect word for it. And setting boundaries in the moment is so hard, can be so hard. But I've noticed that the more that I do it, the more that I practice, it gets easier for me. And the more that I do it with friends or family, the more they understand that it doesn't mean I'm shutting them down. It means we're going to take a break and we'll revisit later. But the first couple of times were rough. Yeah, and it's hard to do do in these conversations too, because they end up feeling like debates versus conversations. So it feels often like the first person is like, I don't want to do this anymore. The other person's like, that's right, because you have no... (laughs) Exactly. And so it's so smart to frame it in a way of like, I don't have the emotional bandwidth for this now. I would love to continue it at another time, you know, which hopefully humanizes it a little bit. 100%. Yeah, and that's the whole thing about all of this. I think like humanizing the other person is also like really important and trying to think about like, I mean, I do this sort of naturally. Sometimes it's a bad thing, but like thinking about why they are how they are sometimes helps me just like, get a little space from the pain of it. (laughs) Right. Can you say more about that? Yeah. I mean, like I think about the bubble that they've built, the cycling of misinformation within those like quote unquote news sources. Like if you're only reading that stuff and you're only like surrounding yourself with yes men, then that's what you're going to believe is true. And like you convince yourself it's true and, you know, just 
That like makes all perfect sense. Things. Yeah. That's where empathy comes into play. Even if it is like a sliver, a sprinkle, one little tiny <laughs> whiff. <laughs> one dash. Of it, whiff of empathy or even like, you know what? My family member has been working so hard. They are probably so stressed and so tired and not at their <laughs> their best right now. Yeah, whatever Or whatever is. that is. I think where what you said, it made me think about when I talk to my dad, sometimes I do take a step back because I think if I were 82 <laughs> and I <laughs> had worked my whole life to climb out of poverty and, right. you know, it's a lot to ask them to change their entire frame of reference in a span of like Absolutely. a year, you know what I mean? Or four years. It's a lot. And I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. I mean, I'm asking for somebody who's had decades of the same kind of pattern, behavior, and reinforcement in the media and government, et cetera, to change their entire viewpoint on the world. And I don't right. know if I could do it. So when you said that, that's what I was thinking of, but it, it, it really also helps what you were saying, Misty, about like the, in the moment and what you were saying, Caroline, about the media they're consuming, like all, I, I mean, nothing is, you know, in a vacuum and it's all kind of holistically. I think that does really help. I think often about like people ask me all the time. They're like, first of all, people assume that I'm Republican sometimes, which like boggles my mind because if you like even speak one word to me, you probably <laughs> figure out that I'm not. But I'm a filmmaker, uh, so okay. <laughs> I know. They also sometimes ask me. They're like, "How did you turn out this way? Like, why are you not? You know, your brother is working for Trump. Like, what happened?" I mean, to be honest, my mom is more on the liberal side, but I think also like I was basically raised by like all of my best friends growing up were, were gay men. And I was exposed to, you know, the, I like dove into the arts. I honestly like ran away from politics for a long time and dove into the arts. And I think often like, would I have turned out this way? Like, and this informed if I hadn't had those people in my life to like right. show me the way. So like what you were saying about your father or your grandfather? Yeah, grandfather. my dad. Oh, your dad. I think about that too. I'm like, uh, did I just get lucky to, to drop into the right pool? Yeah, right. I mean, I don't think so, but you know, it's, I think about it for sure. Yeah, for sure. I also grew up in small town, Florida. And in my town, most of the people are Republican and they don't question it. And there there was definitely some unlearning that happened when I went to college and was around so many different types of people. But yeah, so when you meet all different types of people with different sexual orientations and identities and cultural backgrounds and ethnicities, you just realize we're all human. You know, and it's right. hard to demonize any one group when you realize that every group has fucking great, awesome people and maybe not so great, awesome people. Yeah. And that's just kind of true across the board. But Caroline, I'm curious, when you're in the middle of one of these conversations, whether you've planned it out and like mentally prepared or it just kind of sprung on you in the middle of a phone call and you realize, okay, this isn't the time either I'm not up for it or the person I'm trying to talk to isn't really hearing me or it's just kind of going south. 
Do you have any exit strategies that you employ or like any language you use to set those boundaries? I'm usually just pretty direct about it. I'm like, this is overwhelming me right now. I I can't do this with you. Like, it's usually pretty obvious too that like, that is what's happening. So Right. Like no one's going to be like, wow, that really came out of nowhere, Caroline. (laughs) Yeah. And then exactly. But yeah, I think the, the biggest part is just getting to that place of like knowing that you want to do that. But sometimes it happens after an explosion. And honestly, you know, sometimes that doesn't feel so bad. So it's a personal thing, but I but guess it's hard. also, yeah, because you care, right? You care about the topic, you care about the person. And so it's like two very combustible things. I also get it like with your family, it's the people who've known you the longest yeah. and the people you've known the longest. And so there's something that's very, when you grow up and start to think different than they do, it's very confusing in the sense, because I guess the question is like, how, how did this happen? Right. You do kind of want to understand. And I think sometimes for me, when I have these conversations, there's just this underlying belief of like, but you really don't think that, right? Like if I dig deep enough, I'll find something (laughs) in you that is similar to the way I think. And sometimes it's just not. And I feel like that's the work that I've done in my mental health and in my therapy, you know, One of the biggest leaps I made was when my therapist, uh, my male therapist, I switched and finally had a male therapist and it was great to kind of be able to work on my issues with my dad. He was like, you know, you don't have to engage in the debate. You get to choose if you want to Mm -hmm. debate. And he's Mm -hmm. like, you're an amazing debater. It's not about proving your worth. You get to choose. And I was like, it blew my mind. (laughs) And, you know, it really changed my life because I did get to exercise that. Like, I'm not having this debate with you right now. And just kind of opened my eyes to the fact that it wasn't incumbent. Is that the right word? Incumbent upon me to like, I wasn't forced to have these. You know, I was an adult and I got to choose even though he was my dad and that's kind of like how it was growing up, we would always debate, debate, debate. And that really did kind of change things for me. I can yeah, see how that so is much a, more agency. a shift. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was great. And I think the other thing that we all need to remember is the reason that these conversations can bring up this like white, hot, fight or flight, burning anticipation, humiliation, you know, whatever descriptors you want to use there is because human beings are wired to be part of a group. We have evolved. We are the latest model versions of human beings, which have evolved over thousands and thousands of years Mm -hmm. to be included in a group. And the scariest thing is when we feel that we are not included in that group. Like biologically, our lizard brains are like, nope, like avoid this at all costs. And I think just acknowledging that there is that biological imperative there can help us have a little bit more compassion and maybe mitigate any negative self-talk about why these conversations are so difficult for us to approach individually, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing to do a quick recap. And Caroline, thank you so much for sharing your experience. And Lisa, you too, you know, like so many of us are dealing with these in a lot of our different relationships. And I do feel like 
it's more polarizing than it's ever been in history. You know, the conversation. Yeah, and I do want to say like, that's not an, any individual's fault, right? Like that's right. kind of the inevitable result of a two-party system and social media. And yeah. I'm getting ready to watch today the new Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, which talks oh about how wait. fake news travels six times faster than actual fact. And like, just kind of, we're in this experiment, you know, we're in 200 plus years of an experiment of a democracy that is a representative, like there's just, it's, n- it's nobody's individual fault. And I also want to say that nobody's wrong for their viewpoints. Like, I really do want to iterate that. No one is wrong for their viewpoints. They have, we get hot about it, like you said, because we want to be involved and we want to be included and because a boundary we feel has been crossed. You know, and there's scientific research just showing that liberals and conservatives are wired differently in their brain. So like, I can't say that somebody is wrong because their brain is wired differently. They're violating my personal boundaries, but I can't set them for other people. You know, I can't, I just disagree that they want to set them for me. You know what I mean? Like, it just is what it is. And we're just human beings trying to work out a social and political and legal structure. And it's complicated and fucked up. And people put religion into it. And it's hard. I just want to say that, that it's hard. It's hard. And everybody's doing a great job. And if you need it right now, take a big, deep belly breath. Because even thinking about having these conversations is making my tummy tight. For (laughs) sure. If anybody needs it. My (laughs) God. So, okay. Now that we have covered that very stressful topic, Caroline, Lisa and I are wondering if as the new resident GHY expert on navigating tough family conversations... Update your LinkedIn, Caroline. (laughs) Oh my God. So we are wondering (laughs) if you might be up for giving us some advice on some scenarios that we've cooked up in sort of a multiple choice format. Oh, absolutely. I love tests. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the answer okay. may be something different than what we've provided. <laughs> yes. And we'll all see. of these all of these are definitely just us asking for a friend. There's definitely no truth to any of these questions, just so you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Caroline, Uncle Mark refuses to wear a mask to the family reunion. Do you, A, secretly stash $20 in all the disposable masks at the door, so now not only is he a super spreader, he's also a loser who's out $20. B, order specialty (laughs) masks that say, I'm with the smiling idiot and make sure everyone else wears them for the family photo. Or C, eat nothing but beans and raw cauliflower for three days prior and make sure you are upwind of Mark the entire time. Oh, I'm definitely going to have to go with the beans option for sure. For sure. (laughs) He deserves it for sure. He's got to understand it will help, you know, it'll help him understand the science behind, uh, what are they called? Particles, uh, how how the virus spreads. Yes. No, I'm dead. (laughs) When everyone else is like, I don't smell anything. Yeah. Yeah, Then he'll really want a mask. Like, now I understand. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Next question. Aunt Janet starts talking about how vaccines aren't real. Do you, A, start coughing on her immediately and without pause, B, secretly use her email address anytime you're asked to sign up for free Wi-Fi for the rest of your life so that she gets spammed, or C, 
Send her the unending scientific research and proof that vaccines are very real and save millions of lives, but in a box with your severed hand, flicking her off so that she really gets the message. <laughs> I think that I would go with the severed hand option as well. I'm like really into this, this <laughs> these, these body options. What I heard earlier is that you have to make sure that you're heard. And so whatever you have to do, to make sure that your exactly. message is received. Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> let's see how that plays out express. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Caroline, Grandpa Kurt is coming to Thanksgiving dinner and you know he is going to talk about how he thinks Hillary Clinton is actually a lizard. Do you? A, engage with him only via strong, unwavering eye contact and try to communicate your rage to him telepathically. B, Gaslight him with a series of small lizards outfitted in designer pantsuits that you strategically place in his favorite places with ominous notes that say, she's watching you. C, (laughs) drop trow and take a poo in the middle of the table in order to change the subject permanently, like for every future Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, I'm loving all the poop options that are available to me. Yes. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with an option... I do love the lizards everywhere. So maybe we'll do B and then also throw in a uh, lizard onesie, you know, just come in that myself and see if he thinks I'm Hillary because I would love to be her. I would too. I just love the idea of lizards outfitted in small designer pantsuits. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like the cutest thing ever. Is that every time somebody said, pass the butter, you would utter emails under your breath. So people would be like, butter emails. Oh, butter some e- more butter emails. Oh my God. <laughs> Caroline, thank you so much for your time and for your insight and for being such a good sport with our ridiculous questions. Um, ridiculous, <laughs> excuse me. These are high level. These are what everybody, this is what the yeah. world is asking. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, where can people follow you on social media? Yeah, my my handles on Twitter and Instagram are at Caroline Rose G I U. And then my website is www.carolinerosegiuliani.com. And good luck spelling Giuliani. I recommend Googling it because people have a rough time with it. <laughs> well, you know what, friends? You won't have to because all of those links are already in the show notes for this episode. Right. Thank um, you. And Caroline, best of luck at the try on international film festival am i saying that right yeah yeah you got it awesome best of luck with your premiere at the festival i'm so excited we're all going to be rooting for you and everybody if you want to donate via um, caroline's link for the biden harris campaign it is also in show notes below and also the link to the nonprofit that caroline supports for helping people who have dealt with abuse and mental health disorder. And just a note on the Biden-Harris fundraising link, just so people know, if you go to the bottom, there's an area where you can do like a custom donation that's not $700,000. So, Oh, that's good to know. (laughs) Just so people, just people know and anything is, is welcome. Like we really, really need it. So please, please get involved. Absolutely. So I could ship in three, three bucks, five bucks. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And everybody, if you want to make sure you are registered to vote, even if you have registered before or you never have in your life, vote.org will tell you in less than two minutes if you're registered to vote and you can register to vote there. So we'll put a link for that in show notes as well. No matter who you're voting for, please get out, please vote. 
And with that, everybody, life, life is, is abundant. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky. Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Saff. Inimitable. There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at gohelpyourselfpodcast on Instagram and at ghypodcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, <laughs> please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps helps other people find our show. You know who else needs to find it? Your friends. Tell all of your friends. Okay, thanks. Bye.